You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org. So I was at an event just a few months ago, and I heard a guy preach a sermon, and I'm still thinking about it. He, he told a story in the sermon about uh, being on staff at a church, and the church was very concerned about reaching people for Jesus, and they were all working hard toward that end. And they planned some events, some big events, and he was in charge of one of the events. It was a concert, so he says, we rented this space, and then we brought in you know, truckloads of sound equipment and lights. And we set up for about 2,000 people. We put out flyers. We challenged our people to invite people. And he says, right before the event, just a few hours, I got this, I got this concern that what if, what if nobody much comes? You know, what if, what if people don't show up? And he said, um, at the event, my concerns were legitimate. They didn't show up. He says, do you know what it's like when you plan an event for a couple thousand people, but you got less than a couple of hundred there? It's almost creepy. It's just kind of weird. And he said, I, I, I left the event just feeling defeated, feeling like I'd failed. And, and I went through the next day, which was a really hard day. I had a funeral. I had some difficult meetings. And by that afternoon, I'm just kind of carrying this whole thing with me. And my wife calls and says, by the way, don't forget tonight, small groups at our house. And he said, hey, honey, I, I really don't want to do small group tonight. I don't think I have it in me. I'm, I'm exhausted. The thing went bad last night. Had the funeral today. Had some tough meetings today. I'm, let's just cancel. She goes, you can't do that. He's like, no, you can. You can do that. And she says, no, I'll tell you what, let's just do this. Let's just... Let's just not have you prepare tonight. Let's just say, we're not going to do a lesson. We're just going to come over for fellowship and like a potluck. If you got something in the fridge, bring it. If not, I've got some hamburgers and hot dogs. We'll just do that tonight. So he says, okay. So he says, I'll leave the office. I go home. My wife has pulled our grill out in front of our apartment. We lived in an apartment. There's smoke rolling out of the grill. She's... In the apartment, obviously, she's not there. But there's other people around, some I know, who are in our small group, and others who I don't know. But it kind of felt like they were with us. You know what I mean? And so um, I kind of said hi, and I'm Jay, and, you know, kind of, you know, walked in the apartment to put some stuff down. And there's a guy sitting on my couch that I don't know playing my guitar. And he says, you must be Jay. And I said, I am, and that's my guitar. And he said, yeah, I love to play guitar, and I'm a neighbor. He said, come to find out, here's what happened. My wife is out on the grill, and neighbors are coming home from work. And the first couple that pulls up and kind of, you know, oh, you're grilling out? Yeah, we're having some friends over. And she feels kind of obligated to say, and you guys are welcome to come. If you got something in your fridge, bring it. If you don't, just they'll be planning anyway. And they said, oh, we'd love to come. And kind of on that success, she asked the next neighbors who pulled up and, and another couple and ended up about four families said yes to my wife's invitation. And she says, don't you think it's great that our neighbors came? And, and he said, I'm trying to balance it. Last night we had this big event. We spent thousands of dollars 
And the deal was, we're going to get all these people there, then we're going to Jesus them. You know what I mean? But all my wife did was just stand in front of the apartment and said, if you'd like to join us, you're welcome. And they all did. And he said, I begin to wonder if we kind of got it all wrong, this ministry thing. And we're complicating it. And we're making it harder than it really is. And, and, and maybe all we really need to do is just take Jesus' words at heart. Love God and love our neighbor. And I begin to ask myself if we all who are Christians just begin to love our neighbors. Would it change the world? And knowing that our neighbors are not maybe the people who happen to live in close proximity, but whoever God brings into our lives. What if we just begin to love on them? Would, would it change the world? So, you know, here at Bethany First Church, um, we several years ago said we, we think we understand where God is leading us and what God's calling us to do. And, and we put it, you know, in a couple of sentences and, and we, and we wrote it on the wall in the West Entrance. And so we said, this is our mission and we just didn't get it out of the air. We, we took it from the great commission that Jesus, the words that Jesus gave us, but we, we put it in this kind of language. We're passionate about becoming more like Jesus. So we think that a Christian should be like Jesus. And so we think holiness is Christ likeness. So we want to be more like Jesus. So we're passionate about becoming more like Jesus. But we also believe that we are called to help others come to know him. In fact, we think the greatest thing that can happen in a person's life is that they come to know Jesus. And so we want to help others come to know him. But, but lately we've had some hard conversations, some honest conversations, and we begin to ask ourselves, how much of our effort in ministry here at our church is really aimed at people who already are in the church and in the faith? And we begin to admit that, that, that there's a lot of what we do. In fact, maybe most of what we do is kind of focused on the first part of the question, helping people become more like Jesus. And so much of our ministry is focused on people who are already in the church and in the faith. And we begin to say, are we a little out of balance with this? And so then we begin to dream. And we said, what if, what if, what if over these next three years, God could give us the grace to win and disciple 500 people? And it wasn't about a number. We're okay if we went and disciple a thousand people, right? It wasn't about a number. It was about this. It was about moving us from where we were to where we want to be. Because we knew if we used the same language and thought the same way, we're going to get the same results. And so we felt like that we had to think differently. We had to begin to behave and live differently. And so we began to to say, how, God, can you work in Bethany First Church of the Nazarene to reach people with the gospel and disciple them in the faith. Now, I think our I think our concepts have been good for a long time. I remember in 2015, eight years ago, I stood here and and I remember um, asking somebody to come up out of the congregation. They didn't know that I was going to ask them just like that. Um, is that you didn't 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 know that I'm going to ask him to come up this morning. So you'll have to hurry. 
Um, I know just the way it works here. I know it's, it's awful, but I, I did that last week too. But you might need to run, didn't you? are moving a little slow. We're waiting. And so when the person comes up onto the platform um, and they're walking toward me all the way over toward me, didn't um, as they begin to move toward me, I just kind of smiled and I just kind of did this, you know, and uh, and when I did that, that happened, you know, when when you open your arms, people tend to fall into them. Right. Yes. Yeah. And so as, as Denton walked up. Um, I opened my arms and didn't just fell into my arms willingly. Did you notice how that worked out? So nice. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And that's all I needed from you. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Give Denton a hand. Denton Everett, everybody. Yep. And so I was preaching from John 1, where two of John's disciples come to Jesus, Andrew and another disciple. And you remember what happens? They said to Jesus after they followed him for a while and he says, what do you want? Here's what they said. They said, where are you staying? Do you remember what Jesus said? Come and see. He just opens his arms to them. Come and hang out with me. And they spent the entire day with him. The whole day. They just hung out with Jesus. It was Jesus saying, I'll make, I'll make room in my life for you. I'll make time in my life for you. I will adjust my schedule for you. We can hang out. I'll just... Jesus just lived with open arms. And then we see it with his disciples. Philip says to Nathaniel, hey, Nathaniel, come and see. And, and so we begin to think about open arms. What if we lived with our arms open instead of living like this? What if we begin to live like this? Especially the people who aren't yet in the faith. Come on. And, and I remember writing a prayer, and I remember, I remember challenging you to pray the prayer. The prayer went something like this. Uh, Father, bring someone into my life today. You might want to take a picture of the prayer. You might want to jot it down real quick. Father, bring someone into my life today. Give me the wisdom to recognize them. The reason we pray the second line is because I believe God brings people into our lives almost every day. We just don't see them. We don't have the wisdom to recognize them. But I believe every day of our lives, God brings somebody into our lives. Bring someone into my life today. Give me the wisdom to recognize them and the grace to open my arms to them. By inviting them into my life, I'll make room for you. I'll make space for you. I'll make room in my schedule for you. Bringing them into my life, my community. You'd love my friends. And eventually, as I earn the right, bringing you, inviting you into my faith. And so here's what happens every time that I talk about that prayer and I encourage you to pray that prayer. And today, before we leave, I'm going to encourage you to pray that prayer. People text me, call me, email me. Pastor Rick, you're not going to believe what happened today. God brought somebody into my life and I'm opening my arms to them now. So I think we like the idea. I think where we have gotten stuck is that we just, it would be good if we talked a little more about how do you live that out? What does it mean to live with your arms open? What does it look like when you open your arms to somebody? I'll just tell you now, it looks a lot like Jesus. A while back, someone handed me this. It, it's, it's a book written by a couple of guys, Dave and John Ferguson, Five Everyday Ways to Love Your Neighbor and Change the World. 
And they use the acrostic bless. Let, let me show you what, what they mean by it. They would say that if you really want to bless someone, begin with prayer. And then be a good listener. How, how many of you are good listeners? Just hands really high in the air if you're a good listener. A lot of you are. I, I'm still working on being more interested than interesting. Okay? I don't have this one down as well as I need to. I talk too much. Um, how many of you are good at this one? I'm really good at this one. Um, eat, together, serve, share your story. You know what I realized when I began to work through this list? I began to realize that I do this all the time with people who are already in the church and in the faith. I'm always praying for, I've got a list on my phone of people in the church that I pray for in the mornings. I listen to people. I eat with people. I serve people. I share my story. I do this really well with people who are in the church and in the faith. I'm not very good at it with people who are not yet in the church or in the faith. And it wasn't like that Dave and John just said, let's come up with five really good ideas. That's not what it's about at all. They said, can we somehow understand how Jesus did it? And throughout the book, they describe in great detail how Jesus prayed for people, listened to people, ate with people, even people who were not like him, even people who were deemed as sinners, served people and shared his story with people. And so I think that probably you don't need a whole lot more in the introduction of the sermon this morning to come to understand that what the challenge is, is what if you and I followed Jesus And we just loved our neighbors. And it changed the world. So so what if we have made it too complicated and it's really way more simple? And, And all we really have to do is follow Jesus, love your neighbor, and change the world. I I want to go with you to the Gospel of Luke this morning. Because in the Gospel of Luke in chapter three, very early on. When Luke introduces Jesus as an adult, he has him at his baptism and he says Jesus was praying, okay? When you get to chapter 4, Luke says, oh, by the way, Jesus was praying. When you get to chapter 5, Luke says he did a lot of this praying stuff. And when you get to chapter 6, Luke says, oh, yeah, by the way, Jesus did a big time prayer here. Now, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I'm seeing a pattern. And I don't think it's because Luke is trying to present Jesus as a person of prayer by any means. I think Luke is just telling the story. And if you tell the story of Jesus, you have to talk about Jesus praying. Because that's what Jesus did. He started with prayer. He's getting ready for the big mission. And what does he start with? Prayer. And so let me take you to some of these verses in chapter 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing, meaning he fasted and he prayed and he spent the time in solitude. And during those days, at the end of them, he was hungry. Now look at chapter 5. Luke says it was kind of a pattern. We saw this a lot in Jesus. He did this often. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. 
And then when you get to chapter 6, here we go again. On one of those days, Jesus went to the mountainside to pray. And he spent the night praying. In, in other words, he spent the whole night. Those are actually the same words. I just want to make sure you hear them. He prays all night long. And when morning came, he called his 12, he called his disciples rather to him. And he chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. I, I think you're getting the picture, but Jesus comes to this place where that he's ready to go. He's got the stamp of the father. You're ready. This is my son whom I love. I'm well pleased. Let's go get him. Let's launch the public ministry. Everything's on go now. Green lights in front of you. And Jesus says, I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. Let's go. And Jesus goes and prays. And then Luke said, yeah, I did it a lot. And finally, Luke says, before the big day, you know what he does? He prays all night. And so he's going to go love his neighbor and change the world. But before he does, he prays and he prays and he prays and he prays according to Luke. There was a, uh, a study done a few years ago of missionaries to Thailand from the U.S. You got to hear this, okay? Two groups with two different strategies. Uh, a kind of an experiment, if you will. The first group, the people who conducted the study, labeled them as converters. Converters. Like they said, our goal is really simple. We are going to Thailand to convert people to Christianity. We're all about souls. Noble cause. The second group, the researchers labeled them later as Blessers, B-L-E-S-S-E-R-S, blessers. And they said, our goal is to bless whoever God brings into our lives and crosses our paths. We want to bless people. Okay? Two sets of missionaries. Two different approaches. And here are the findings. After two years... They found that the blessers had a powerful social impact on the communities where they were. Meaning that social blessings were everywhere. Communities found improvement. There was social good brought about to people. Things happened. Things changed. With the converters, that wasn't detected. Here's a second finding. The blessers saw 48 conversions. The converters saw one. And the missiologist conducting the study said the end result here is that if we want to help people who are far from God come to know him, then our best approach is to be a blessing in people's lives. See, I, I think that I'm looking at a room full of people this morning who would say, I, I want to be a part of what you're talking about. I, I look at the world around me and I see brokenness everywhere. I see hurting people. I see confusion. I see division. I think the world needs Jesus. Pastor Rick, I have watched Jesus change people's lives. I have watched Jesus 
take people and just change them completely and give them hope and life and peace. I know what Jesus can do for somebody. I want to be a part of that. I want to see us as a church really reach that 500 and beyond. I think that we can, we can see God moving powerful. I want it all. I want what you're talking about. Here's where I think the problem is. We tend to focus on converting rather than blessing. We, we tend to focus on converting rather than blessing. And I'm going to show you a moment in the scripture that I read to you, just a moment in Luke 6, that God was all about blessing from the very beginning. Here's, here's how that unfolds, okay? So, so he called his disciples in verse 13. Now think about what a disciple was. A disciple is a student of the rabbi, right? Jesus was a Jewish rabbi. He was a teacher and he had students who followed him, right? And so, so what, what the goal was, was not only for the student to take notes, to get good teaching from the rabbi, to learn good concepts, to come to good understanding. No, 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 no. It was much more than that. The goal of the disciple of the rabbi was to become like the rabbi. The, the goal of the disciple was not just to listen to the teaching of the rabbi, get good theological concepts, learn about God. No, the goal was to become like the teacher. I don't think I missed this one. Isn't the idea of being a Christian, isn't that someone who follows the teachings and the life of Jesus and becomes like Jesus? A Christian is a follower, right? Meaning I follow him, I do what he says, I do what he did. I love like he loved. I think like he thought. I bless like he blesses. I serve like he served. I listen like he listened. I eat with people like he ate with people. I share my story like he shared his story. You begin to get the picture? He called to himself his disciples. To, to, to be a disciple, to be a Christian, is to become like Jesus. And to bless like Jesus blessed. By praying for people, by listening to people, by eating with people. By serving people, by sharing his story with people. If you continue, it says he chose 12. Don't you remember there were 12 tribes in Israel? And do you remember what the purpose of Israel was? Go back to Genesis 12 with Abraham. What does God say to Abraham? Abraham, I'm going to rise up a great nation. You're going to be the father. Count Count the stars in the sky. You can't count the, the sand on the seashore. You can't. That, that's how many is going to be of your lineage. That's how big your family is going to be. That's how big your nation is going to be. And you know what I'm going to do with your nation? I'm going to make them a blessing. Because in the heart of God, it's always been about blessing people. Abraham, we're going to bless the world through you and your kids and their kids and their kids. But Israel said, instead of, instead of seeing these people as people we're going to bless, I think we see them as enemies. I think we're just going to fight them. And Israel fell miserably at accomplishing the purpose God gave them to bless the world. 
And is Jesus now with 12 disciples instead of the 12 tribes of Israel? Is he not saying, this is the new Israel? And now you're going to bless the world. One other fact. He designated them, what? The last word in the scripture, apostles. Do you know what an apostle is? An apostle is one who is sent. And and as I come to understand the New Testament, I understand that we are all sent, right? Every member of the church of Jesus Christ is a missionary. We talk about how we gather. We love to gather. We're gathering this morning. A lot of you gathered with groups before you came into this room. Some of you gathered this week. We gather, we gather, we gather. We love gathering. Gathering's good. Gathering's fun. Gathering encourages me. I like gathering with other believers. But we don't gather just for the sake of gathering. We gather and then we go. We're sent. We get up out of these seats in a minute and we go back into this world where we are missionaries. We have been sent by God for a purpose. To bless the world. And how did Jesus bless people? He prayed for them. He listened to them. He ate with them. He served them. He shared his story. Let me, let me just, just, just think with you for a minute. In, in a recent survey done among Christians... The majority of Christians agree on a couple of things. One is that we're supposed to share our faith. So when Christians are surveyed, they they say, yeah, no getting around that. Go make disciples. We get it. We're expected to share our faith. That's what God wants us to do. In the same survey, majority of Christians also agreed that the best thing that can happen to somebody is if they come to know Jesus. It happened to me. I'm grateful. Best thing that ever happened to me was Jesus. I want, I want that for other people. I think it's the best thing that can happen to them. Okay. This is also interesting. And in the same survey that was done among also non-Christians, um, they admitted to a curiousness about Christianity. Not every non-Christian. Many admitted, I'm curious about Christianity. But, but here was the other thing. They were more interested in spirituality than religion. So there's this openness to the divine, to spiritual things. But this is kind of the thing that kind of makes you go, I'm going to step back for a minute. They said, I would be willing to have a conversation with a trusted friend, not with a stranger, but with a trusted friend who is a Christian about their faith. Now, there was some stipulations on it. I don't want to be pushed I want to be able to come to my own conclusions. But would would, would I have a conversation with a Christian who is a friend of mine about their? Absolutely. So if, if we believe that we should, and we believe it's the best thing that we could do for people, and if there's at least a curiosity about spirituality among non Christians, and an openness to have a conversation with a Christian friend, then what's what's holding us all back? In this little book, Dave Ferguson tells his own story. And he says, when I became a believer, I was really zealous. I wanted to share my faith with people. And so I learned some stuff. I learned, I learned some methods of evangelism. I, I learned some, 
some questions to ask. And if they answered it this way, then, you know, I said this. If they answered it this way, I said this. And, and, and eventually, you know, I was going to kind of back them into a corner where I had them. And I said, no, 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 all of that's wrong. And so here's the answer. And so I could share Jesus with them. And he said, I was terrible at it. And I didn't see people come to know Jesus. Didn't work. So I finally just threw my hands up in the air and said, I'm done with that. Now I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to live a good Christian life in front of people. Hopefully they will see Jesus in me and they will be drawn to the Jesus in me. I'm going to try it that way. So I did that for years. But still no fruit. Didn't work either. And finally, one day, I just said, I'm going to go back and I'm going to look and see how Jesus did it. And I'm just going to live in the Gospels until I figure out what Jesus did. And he said, it it seemed really simple to me. Jesus' strategy was based on two concepts. Friendship. And blessing. In in fact, he got a nickname for the friendship thing. Friend of sinners. Hey, hey guys, can I ask you a question? Your rabbi Jesus there, he, he eats with sinners. What's that all about? I'm quoting scripture loosely. He hung out with people who weren't believers. And he got a nickname. And the nickname was Friend of Sinners. Hey, Jesus hung out with any sinners today? (laughs) He probably said, not yet. But I'm going to. And then when you watch the way he interacted with people, he just uh, loved them. Healed them. Touched them. Blessed them. Cared for them. Served them. One of my favorite images of Jesus is uh, standing on the shoreline one morning when the disciples have been fishing and he's cooking breakfast over the fire. Bring some of your fish, guys. We'll put them on the fire. You, You know when you go to an event and the person who's always in the background sweating on the grill... That was Jesus. Just serving, blessing people. I think uh, when we have these conversations, we, we, we look at Jesus and we say, I, I know, but that was a different day and, and things have changed and people just aren't, they're just not open. You know, that they don't want to hear about Jesus. They don't want to go to my church with me. I don't even know if they want to hang out with me when I'm, because I'm a Christian. In, in the United States, we're becoming more secular. We're going the other direction. Not, not, not that way. We're going the other way. And, and, and i got to admit to you that there's times I feel pretty heavy too. But, but recently I was reminded of the words of A.W. Tozer who said, Anything God has ever done anywhere, He can do here. And anything that God has ever done for anyone, he can do for you. It's the same God. He acted in power then, he can act in power now. He healed people then, he can heal people now. He answered prayer then, he can answer prayer now. He transformed lives then, he can transform lives now. 
And I've decided not to buy in any longer to the deal that it's not going to happen. It may be more difficult. It may be a different path. But we're going to get there. You say, I'm with you. Where do we start? Where did Jesus start? You begin with prayer. This is where you start. Jesus, you got the green light. The Father's put his stamp on you. Let's go. Jesus said, okay, let's go. And he goes away and prays. Did you know that you know somebody who nobody prays for? The chances are very good that you know someone that nobody prays for. That's sobering to me. That I might know somebody that nobody prays for. I could be the person that prays for them. So it's not a cheap shot. I promise you it's not. It's not my heart. I just want to get you thinking with me. I want to get you to come to a place of your own understanding with me. In the last three or four days, do you have a name of a person you have prayed for who doesn't know Jesus? Because I think most of us would say, I probably should be praying for somebody who doesn't know Jesus. But if you ask me to turn to my neighbor and give my neighbor a name... Some of us would say, I, I don't know that I could, but I think I should. Let me just talk to you about a couple of reasons why I think it's so important that we pray. One is that God has to do it. You can pray for people, you can eat with people, you can, but God has to do it. Nobody comes to the Son except the Father draws them. God has to do it. You can't save someone. And number two, when we get in this, into these efforts, you understand that we're coming against the powers of evil, right? The enemy is not happy when he begins to lose his ranks. Here's what Paul said in Ephesians 6. He said, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, not against people. Our struggle is against the authorities, the powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. We Need God. So let me just put the prayer back up before we go, okay? Would you begin to pray this with me this week? Would you take a picture of her or will you jot it down? We can put it on social media for you as well. But Father, bring somebody into my life today. Give me the wisdom to recognize them. The grace to open my arms. By inviting them into my life, my community, and my faith. God, help me to live like this. Bring somebody into my life. And if you will, I will open my arms to them. So would you bow your heads with me? Father, we pray as a community of faith together, open our eyes to see what you want to do through us. Would you bring in someone into our lives today? And would you give us the wisdom to recognize them? And would you give us the grace to open our arms to them, inviting them into our life, our community, and eventually into our faith? Answer our prayer, we pray. In the strong name of Jesus.
Amen. Let's take a few minutes here and just open our hearts. Just be in his presence. And when you move 
Just stand with me for a benediction this morning. Um, I'm reminded that we are blessed so we can be a blessing, right? And so I want to pray God's blessings on you and I want you to be a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.